Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hi, everybody. Happy weekend and welcome to Nine Bob Note. My name is Paul Isles Rush. And my name is Ken Moss. Hello. Hello there. Ken, you're in the driving seat this week. I dread to think what you have lined up for us today. Olympic Games. We've just had the Olympics 2020, uh, even though it's 2021, they didn't want to pay for the rebranding, in Tokyo. And Team GB have done bloody well for themselves. We came fourth overall. Yes. Although I do know that we actually won more medals than China did. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about sport. This was the first time I realised that it's only the gold medals that count, really. It's not the... So you could win 200 medals, but if somebody wins one gold medal, they place higher than you, which seems a little bit unfair. Mm. But no, my, my, the reason for bringing up the Olympics is that we've had an athlete whose name I really should have remembered or written down, who is trans. In fact, there's been a few trans athletes this uh, Olympics, and it's triggered a lot of debate as Mm -hmm. to whether trans athletes should be competing in and it seems to be predominantly women's events rather than men's. It doesn't really seem to have cropped up unless I've missed it. Uh, in particular, there was a trans weightlifter. Yes. I mean, it was a tremendous focus on her because it was seen to be this great skew in her favour because she used to be a man and therefore, et cetera, et cetera. As it turns out, that was completely irrelevant. I think she, got, she didn't even get through to the main event, I don't think. No, I don't think no. so. But it has thrown up the question of... Trans athletes in specifically gendered events. Now, there was a huge kickback, uh, again on Twitter, Mm. but it did raise the question of uh, the whole thing and it opened up the discussion about trans athletes and their competing in events. My problem with the whole scenario wasn't, it's nothing to do with trans athletes, it was more the fact that the question shouldn't be asked. And if you did ask it, you were transphobic. But we've walked into this situation now where there are questions that must never be asked because it's phobia, but there are also answers that mustn't be questioned. And I don't think that's really healthy for debate, particularly with something like that. What are your views? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. This was also on my list <laughs> to discuss. <laughs> Have I just stolen your topic? Absolutely. I've got plenty more for It's you. fine, it's fine. I, I don't really understand why, why there needs to be a debate about it. The athlete in question, I think her name is Laurel Hubbard. That rings a bell, Some, yes. Something mm-hmm. like that. It could be Lauren or, you know, some, uh, Hubbled. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> Apologies to the lady <laughs> do in question. Yeah. And, and yet, she's a, she's a trans woman. And the argument was, as you say, she was born a man, which obviously isn't true. That's not, <laughs> that's not what happens with trans people. Uh, when, when she was born, the doctor told her parents that she was a boy. And, and they sort of said, well, be, you know, because she's got a man's body and she's grown up, you know, with male hormones and ma- male muscles and stuff. Male muscles. <laughs> <laughs> male physiology. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that she's got a, a, a genetic advantage over female contestants mm. or people who are assigned female at birth because men are traditionally stronger and so therefore able to w- lift stronger weights, lift bigger weights. Mm. My counter argument to that is, are you, are, or are the people on Twitter suggesting that she has undergone a transition just so that she doesn't have to 
compete against men in the Olympics. Uh, because from, from what I understand of the process, it's a fairly traumatic thing. And there are also athletes in all kinds of disciplines who have genetic advantages. The swimmer Michael Phelps, for example, has got really big hands and feet, mm. which act like flippers. Uh, he hasn't had an operation to make them like that. He was born like that, which makes him... <laughs> it would make, well, he, Give he, me I mean, webbed feet, doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so he's genetically predisposed to be a better swimmer. Mm, yes. Nobody said that he shouldn't be in the Olympics. I mean, he, he literally won more medals than anybody else has ever won. Yeah, so it, it, I just don't understand why, why it was a debate. If, if Laurel Hubbard had gone to the Olympics and just, you know, immediately picked up the heaviest weight, you know, heavier than any of the women or the men were doing, mm. and just picked it up with, with one hand and you know, swung it around. <laughs> then, you know, there may be, there'd, be, there'd been some questions about how is she so strong, but does it matter? I can see the concerns um, because I think, again, I should have looked into this more, cl- uh, more carefully, really, but I believe there's been instances in the past where, I think there was some sort of running event mm. where somebody had gone in identifying as a woman in a women's and they'd shattered the record. Yeah. Now, because I don't know the facts on that one, I'm going to tread very carefully because I, I, I don't know <laughs> the facts. But I think the, the concern isn't so much that these people have had surgery or they've had the transitional uh, process. They've gone through it. And because the IOC have got very sort of specific parameters for whether you fall into the male or female mm. category, I, I think a lot of it boils down to testosterone as well. It's um, nanomoles. What, how much uh, how much testosterone you've got in your blood or your, right. your uh, it's something like between ten and thirty nanomoles. You are considered male. It's quite a, a variance. It's zero point seven to five nanomoles you're a woman i don't know the the medicals (laughs) so in that respect i think it's fairly biologically prescriptive from the ioc's point of view i think the problem comes when you've got other sporting events that maybe aren't as well regulated and i don't know whether they are or not because you don't need to have the full transitional surgery no to to count as a trans athlete i think the concern that was raised was can somebody just walk up without any sort of surgery whatsoever They and just say, I identify as a woman, I want to be in the female, and then completely destroy all the records that all the um, sort of, what's the word for uh, cis women, cisgender women, haven't a hope of beating. I think that's the concern. This kind of goes back to Rowling's and her friend's ridiculous argument about bathrooms allowing trans women to use women's bathroom facilities therefore opens the door for a man to dress up in women's clothes and go into the toilets and rape people it's it's never happened the law isn't going you know changing the law isn't going to stop someone from doing that Mm. I don't. I don't think that there's ever been a an example of somebody dress dressing up as a woman just so that they can enter a woman's sporting event. I mean, there is obviously the risk that that could happen, but it's happened in prisons. I know, um, but I think that does indicate that there's a certain <laughs> a certain type of uh, person who identifies as transgender that would do that. Yeah. Or, or uh, pretends to be. I yeah. think that's the, that's the fear in in that particular scenario. Again, that is not my area of expertise. I have no particular concerns on that matter. If you if you are prepared 
to pretend to get into a women's changing room that way. You're going to do it no matter what the sign. Well, the you are. Says. And and I don't, I think we might have reached a point where the retaliations might be fairly severe in 2021. Yeah. If you try that. Exactly. I think going back to the, the runner that you were talking about, mm. uh, who I think, and again, I don't know much about it, but that person was, she wasn't pretending to be a woman. She was raised as a woman and she was, um, I think it turned out that when they, when they actually tested her, she had X and Y chromosomes. So she was intersex. Right, right. Uh, but obviously she was, you know, when she was born, she had female genitalia. So she was raised as a, right, as a girl. You, yeah. And it was only because she was so fast at running and breaking all the records that people that people started to say, well, hold on a second, a woman can't do something <laughs> that fast. Uh, so, but again, that goes back to to what I was saying before. She didn't choose that. You know, it's not mm, a performance-enhancing yeah. drug. She was born that way. It's a, a naturally occurring genetic advantage, uh, and she is perhaps genetically disadvantaged in a lot of other ways. Yes, well, so uh, why not make the most of it? No, it's, uh, as I say, it's just a debate that's been opened. Mm. Um, I have no strong feelings one way or another, but I can see uh, from the athlete side of things, why the public are worried about it, I don't know. But uh, from the athlete side <laughs> of things, I think the, uh, there was a, a bit of a hoo-ha because somebody, I think she was from New Zealand, I think, this, the weightlifter. Anyway, wherever <laughs> she was from. But the, somebody had been pushed out of the team who had qualified, who was cis, in order that... Oh, Lauren, Lauren Hubbard was British, or is British. She's Team GB. She was our first ever trans athlete. Oh, it was somewhere else. It was mm. another event then, but uh, somebody had been pushed out to make room for her. And I think there was a, you know, understandable... There's been, oh, there's been some things that have gone on in this Olympics that I've just thought, you really need to look at the rules here. There was, I know it's completely different, but there was a, um, I want to say cross-country or pentathlon or something... Where a horse. Oh, yeah. The modern pentathlon, yeah. And she battered the horse. I've seen the video. I've actually looked at the video of this. She did not batter that horse. <laughs> it was, it barely registered as a slap. It was the, I think the, looking at that, I suspect the trainer was sent home, not because she sort of slapped the horse on the rump. It was the fact that she was interfering with an event in progress. Mm. And that would make more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, that horse, which had already pissed around for another <laughs> Uh, competitor and ruined his chances was given to somebody else and she was clearly distraught about it uh, and I've spoken to horse riders in the past week on, on it and they've said yeah that, why why was that horse even <laughs> there as a, a horse to ride when it's clearly not suited for that environment when all the other horses were yeah and it's, it's not really a you can't well in order for it to be a truly equal event you'd have to have the same horse given to ever and i think by the last competitor the horse might be a bit knackered <laughs> but i think that's something that they they could probably do to look at because uh, you can't really send somebody into a ring and they they lose completely based on the horse that they've been given on the day that they've only been introduced to 20 minutes ago it seems a little unfair it's a the, the modern pentathlon is a very bizarre sport <laughs> it's just like they're just making it up as they go along it's like right now uh shoot something uh, <laughs> Now get now now get on a horse. Which horse? I don't care. Just any horse. Find a horse. It's really really strange. But we should point out, as this is a LGBT podcast, that 
the LGBT plus community had their best ever Olympic Games this year. Well done, guys and girls. If if all of the out LGBT plus athletes were put together in one team, they would have come seventh on the medal table. Excellent. Well done. Excellent. And and also we had little Tom Daly won his first gold medal as well. Is is that uh, I've, I've watched a shameful. <laughs> amount of of, uh, of the olympics uh i'm not proud of myself considering <laughs> the entire country has, has really got behind it this time uh but is that the one where he was crying on the podium because he, he was overcome yes yes there's quite a few of them crying but yeah tom tom daly uh but he has had four Olympics. To, isn't this his fourth major? Am I making that up? Yeah, I think it was definitely third, possibly his fourth. It could have been his fourth. But yeah, he uh, he's, he's only twelve. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was uh, while we're on the subject. Although I did bring you up, <laughs> Tom Daly when he won his gold medal did a press conference and he said, "I I can now be proud to say that I'm a gay man and an Olympic champion." And there was, again, a huge, largely led by our good friend, Piers Morgan. (laughs) The alarm, the alarm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there was a huge backlash to that on Twitter. Why does he have to mention that he's gay? I wish he'd stop putting it, you know, throwing it down our throats and stuff. But as, as someone pointed out, he did that press conference in front of the media from Russia and China. Uh, oh, was it to who, make a point? Well, uh, yes, where, where being gay is illegal. And also in 10 of the countries that were competing in this year's Olympics, he would have been sentenced to death for saying that. So I think it was important for him to say it and good on him for doing it. Uh, I mean, I'm sort of with you on that, but surely he should have been proud Anyway, I mean, it's not like he's just been swimming in the local baths and then, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't come out as gay in, in uh, you know, in Bamber Bridge Leisure Centre. But now that I'm on the Olympic stage and I've won a gold medal, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm quite happy with being gay and Olympic. I mean, it's, he's not exactly done badly for himself. He should have been proud to be gay and Olympic competitor before, surely just winning a gold. Because he's won, he's, he's won bronze and silver before, surely. Yes, yeah. It was just the... I think there was, there was a clip back from when he was in his first Olympics, when I think he really was 12. <laughs> and and he won, uh, I think he won a bronze medal. And he said, I'm not going to stop until I get a gold. Mm. And so for, for that, it was like a his story arc and that has included him coming out. So I guess he sort of tied them together. But, you know, we, hopefully we'll get to a stage one day where, where it's not important to say that. And people really will say, we don't care, <laughs> you know, but... It's not at that. I mean, the there's been clips on the uh, on the internet of the Russian state TV commentators referring to him and other LGBT athletes as abominations, uh, whilst they're commentating on the on the Olympics, and you know just other stuff like that. It's 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 still important. I, I count myself as part of the LGBT plus team. Really, even though <laughs> I have no aptitude for sport whatsoever. I, I'd probably be the horse, <laughs> the misbehaving horse. <laughs> We're going to call you Saint Boy from now on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was I was very proud of us. Also, because the episode started on the subject of the trans athletes, there was a footballer called Quinn. I don't know what team oh. they played on, who was the first out trans person to win an Olympic medal from any country or in any sport. 
Right. Uh, that one I did read. That was another one that it caused a discussion because she was born female, but now identifies as non-binary, I think. Okay. So there was some debate over, over whether she is truly trans. Again, eggshells. But I, um, that, that, I did see the debate on that. That was on the BBC. <laughs> Honestly, give it a rest. So somebody... <laughs> Somebody was saying because uh, all the uh, the likes of um, the usual Twitter crowd were sort of saying, "Well, trans athletes should be should have their own category, so we should have male uh, events, female events, and trans events." And somebody said, "Well, can you imagine the uproar <laughs> that that would that would cause from people who you know? How is that not forcing the things down our throats? Uh, so just get on with it." <laughs> um, just before we sign off on the Olympics thing, it's nothing to do with LGBTQ. <laughs> but did you see the marathon or whatever it was where Moore had Amdouni? Knocked over all the water bottles. <laughs> no. Yeah, this was a French runner. And you know, they've got water bottle stations. Yeah. Well, it showed them all getting to the water station. And they all very neatly picked up the water, you know, one at a time from the end of the row. And then this French runner comes along and just swept them all down and, <laughs> and grabbed the last one so that nobody behind him could grab a water bottle. <laughs> and uh, brace, brace. <laughs> Piers Morgan oh. waded in on this one. I think, now please don't fall out with me. I think it's the only time I've ever sort of heard anything that he said and thought, actually, you've got a point. <laughs> yeah, I might be you with were, you on that. Yeah. He, he said, you know, the biggest dick of the Olympics. <laughs> and you watch it and it was so obviously an attempt to sabotage. I mean, he, he did come... He placed 17th or something ridiculous. He didn't do very well. But what a nasty trick. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. Very, very French. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to decide whether or not the Olympic Games and trans people at the Olympic Games is an important thing. Um, it's, um, to me, a sort of a, a middle-of-the-road thing. I don't think it's a... a, a this is a, a major thing. So it's like you said, um, if somebody's categorised in an event by the IOC, do we need to know? Mm -hmm. Does it make any difference? Um, they either do well or they don't. I mean, there are, as I say, there seem to be fairly strict rules regarding drugs, testosterone, categorisation. I don't think it's something that somebody's going to slip through the net as <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to turn up in, the, uh, <laughs> in a wig. <laughs> And suddenly start punching the fuck out of all the uh, the female <laughs> boxers. So I, I don't think it's going to, personally speaking, I don't think it's a, a major source of concern. So um, purely because it's sort of neither one way or the other, I'm going to give it three. Lovely. I, I agree with you on that. However, representation of any kind, particularly at the moment with what's going on in the world, is very important. And because we did so well and we had so many out and proud athletes at the olympics it brought a little tear to my eye and so i think i'm going to bump Is that it to tom daly <laughs> tom daly was the main reason <laughs> even i've got to admit tom daly's a handsome man yeah. <laughs> right so we're going to have a little nine bob notable mention this week who are we mentioning well 
we are mentioning i, I uh, hopefully you'll be able to unearth a clip of this the queen of the lesbians claire balding Oh yes, yes, I'm, I'm aware of her work. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so uh, you uh, you said you didn't really watch very much of the Olympics coverage, mm. uh, but Claire Balding presented a, a sort of nightly show throughout the Olympics where she interviewed people and things like that. And there was a really funny moment where she she interviewed the men's swimming team and they just won a medal mm. in the in the relay event. Matt, also for you, you're 18 years old. It's your first Olympics, and you swam. Honestly, your third leg was just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to find it, and to be honest with you, I'm having some trouble. They're desperately trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. It was just brilliant, and she must have done that on purpose <laughs> to try and get a reaction. <laughs> but, but yeah, she definitely deserves a nine bob notable mention for that. Well done, Claire. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. And on that note, we, uh, we're all sported out now, so we'll leave you until next week, and we'll sign off. Until next week, goodbye. Farewell. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.